This is a download from the Clinical Audit Support Centre Limited. To find out more, visit www.clinicalauditsupport.com. Grumpy Old Auditor, Article 2, entitled Bradshaw, Whitakers or What? Published in the September 2009 edition of Clinical Audit Today. Details of the author. This is written by John Grant Casey, who is a project manager for NHS Blood and Transplant. Anyone who has ever read any of the Sherlock Holmes stories, written by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, which interestingly, although his most successful work was the one he least wanted recognition for, he wanted his works on history and spiritualism to be more widely read, will be aware that Holmes and the good Dr Watson were frequently rushing off by train to solve some ineffable mystery. The strange case of the missing Krispy Kreme donut and the politician's expenses being two of the less well-known examples. In The Valley of Fear, published in 1915, Holmes is sent an encrypted letter which he has to decipher. This was, of course, in the days of the Data Protection Act 1914, originally passed to prevent it becoming common knowledge that the Titanic had sunk. It was very difficult to password protect a handwritten letter, so people took to writing incomprehensible sentences to avoid the true meaning being revealed. Funny how the trend continues today with many audit reports. Strange old world. Anyway, for reasons I am not going to tell you, what do you think this is, a literary review? Holmes decides that the coded letter must be based upon a common document that the writer knew Holmes would have, and the intrepid duo first turned their attention to Bradshaw. George Bradshaw, 1801-1853, produced the world's first compilation of railway timetables. Who's that snoring? The Baker Street duo found that even when consulting Bradshaw, they could not make sense of the text they had been sent, so they turned instead to Whitaker's Almanac. First published in 1868 and still available today, this was more than a railway timetable because it was a document that contained written texts, lists and tables. After many hours of patient deliberation, they were able to deduce the true meaning of the missive they had been sent. Now look, I don't want to go on about this, but over the years I've seen clinical audit reports that even Sherlock Holmes, his brother Mycroft, Inspector Morse, Frost, Torchwood and Doctor Who could ever satisfactorily decipher. This is because in these reports is not one jot of interpretation or discussion. It may be that because I have been doing this a long time, that I have come to the conclusion that when you're writing a report for doctors, it's helpful for us auditors to do some of the thinking for them. Let's face it, we do it for most of the rest of the audit process, so why stop at the report writing stage? If we're reporting to managers, then lots of pictures help, as does including a word search or dot-to-dot -dot game somewhere. You know how bored they get. To make clinical audit reports more exciting, they can be, and more enjoyable. Don't laugh, I have had trusts write to me telling me they enjoyed reading my report. 
I think we need to make sure our clinical audit reports are neither Bradshaw nor Whitaker. Tables and graphics are essential, but let's at least point out what the data suggests to us, whether the findings imply good or bad practice, and what the implications for patient care and risk are. When Holmes finally uses Whitaker to decipher the letter he has been sent, he says, There is our result, and a very workmanlike little bit of analysis it was. Put a sock in it. A rant about punctuation. Many have written, and I won't bore you with what they have said, but here's the rant. Why can't we make sure we know the basic rules of English grammar? so that anyone reading an audit report is clear on what we mean. I'll give you an example. Get a pen and write this down, and give it to a man, if you are not a male yourself, and ask him to note the reactions. Write it down exactly as printed. A woman without her man is nothing. If you are really careful and give this task to a man you don't particularly like, you may never see him again, since he will have been cornered by a crowd of women, first time in his life, and he had his intestines replaced with the latest free tote bag attached to the front of the October edition of Marie Claire. Same function as intestines, a bag for carrying food in, just more trendy to look at. When you have finished celebrating, or if there is some man you fancy, Add just two pieces of punctuation to the sentence. Add a colon, back to the intestines, I knew there was a link, and a comma. You then get this. A woman, colon, without her, comma, man is nothing. Changes the meaning completely, doesn't it? Look, I've got to go and take my medication now, and I can hear the nurse coming. So can I leave you with these final thoughts until next time? When writing a clinical audit report, ask yourself. 1. Is this language comprehensible? 2. Is the message being communicated effectively or not? 3. What effect is this language having on me? 4. Does it stimulate me, making me think? 5. Does it make me want to respond? 6. Or does it make me switch off and wish I was somewhere else? Finally, Gary Day, Principal Lecturer in English at De Montfort University, once wrote in the Times Higher Educational Supplement, There's no greater way to win the respect of your peers than to write in gobbledygook. The less they understand, the more clever they think you are. Let this not be a maxim for your clinical audit report. This broadcast was recorded on the 27th of July 2010 and is copyright of the Clinical Audit Support Centre Limited. Reproduction of this download is prohibited. Rebroadcast of this work is forbidden without the expressed written consent of the CASC team. Mm -hmm.